Welcome to another episode of Storyteller Studio, where we're gathering our lives through genuine conversations and gladly sharing them with folks around the world. As radio announcers, Liz and Tim believe there's something very special about being behind a microphone and letting their hair down. Sometimes people just need a reason to enjoy each other, either again or for the very first time. And we found plenty of others who feel the same. From artists, sports figures, and manufacturers, to filmmakers, authors, and media types, we all may know bits and pieces about a person, but there's always something more. So while we grab our headphones and turn up the mics, it's your chance to eavesdrop on yet another episode of Storyteller's Studio. Welcome back to Storyteller Studio. We are on the road, and this time we are in Indiana. It's Goshen, Indiana, so it sort of is connected to South Bend, sort of connected to Elkhart, and then it has its own personality. And I am sitting across the table from Abby Thomas. Hi. Are you okay this morning? I'm a little tired, but I'm good. (laughs) A little tired? It's been a a whirlwind of the two weeks that I'm just like... All right. I yeah. Can, I can do this. Yeah. We're going to talk about this two weeks because yeah. right right now, this minute, we have known each other for only two weeks. Do you realize that? Yeah. Less than probably. It's crazy. Yeah. And actually, we're going to be having biscuits and gravy this morning. Yes. And that's how we met is having biscuits and gravy oh, because yeah. of Janelle and Terry Carter. That seems so long ago already. It, <laughs> it is. It, it, well, it is more for you than yeah. for me. We're at the Goshen Brewery Company. And they put us in this back room, which they say, by the time lunch comes around, this place is going to be like a beehive. Yes, standing room only most of the time on Sunday brunch. Seriously? Yeah, it gets really packed. Wow. Yeah. You certainly know what standing room only is Uh. from last night, don't you? (laughs) Well, now I know. I've never experienced that before. Seriously? (laughs) Yeah, it was the first time. You sold out everything that was a reserve seat. Yeah. And then they just kept coming. They kept coming. kept coming. And you... You had to have somebody come in and say, move closer to the stage because people needed... Oh, that happened? Yes. Oh, my goodness. They needed room in the back. That's cool. And they had sort of a... There was a mezzanine, sort of like a crow's nest type thing up there. They had maybe a dozen people. Yeah. It was such a good night. It was. It was fun. And the place is very reminiscent of a record store that we have in Rockford, Illinois. Okay. It's called Toad Hall. All right. I have no idea why. <laughs> and it's been there over 50 years. Yeah. So I walk into this place, and it's just vintage everything. Yeah. But the nice part about this place is they also are a music venue. Yes. And the name of it is? Uh, Ignition Music Garage. And how long have they been around, and have you played oh, there before? No. You know, I have, I have no idea how long they've been there. I know it's been a, a great music venue for at least a few decades. Oh. Um, it probably could go back further than that. Um, oh, nice. But it is a record store by day, mm-hmm. and so they have all of their bins that they have their records in on wheels, and so they roll the bins out of the way for concerts, <laughs> and they have a great stage and lighting and a sound system. And You know, I purchased a, something there last did night you? the minute I got in because I was there early to sort of, uh, you yeah. know, sort of figure out what I was going to do photography-wise, and I asked the owner, I said, by chance, I mean, I'm really sticking my neck out here, <laughs> but by chance, do you have the new Rolling Stones yeah. vinyl? Oh, they goes, pro- probably did. He goes, I got one left. Oh, cool. So I bought it. That's awesome. Have you seen Angry? No. Have, have you seen the release? No. And, and I, I say seen because um, 
it's not only hearing the record, but it's also a music video that they have. You can find it on YouTube all the time. Yeah. And if you can envision this girl on sort of the back end of a convertible, like you would in a parade, right? You know how they sort of sit up on the back seat. And she's going down a very famous road in California because you see all the palm trees and everything. And she's lip syncing the song. Okay. But every time she comes across a billboard, which there's a lot of billboards in California. There's so many, yeah. It's the Rolling Stones. Okay. And it's a live billboard of some of their past concerts oh, cool. and their past logos and all that stuff. I so, need to watch this. So it's a progression, right? Yeah. And they have taken enough of those old videos to make it look like they're singing that two or three words of whatever they flash up there. That's cool. And of course they're not. Yeah. And of course they have Charlie Watts. Yeah. And it's just, it's so well I need, done. I need to look that up. I've yeah. actually been, um, I've watched the new video for the Beatles song that just came out. Um, Isn't have that you amazing? seen it? Yes. Oh my goodness. Isn't that amazing? That was cool. I know. I mean, technology yeah. is just crazy that they could pull something like yeah. that off. It's very reminiscent of when they did Natalie Cole and Nat King Cole. Oh, yeah. Of course, they didn't have to go back as far. Yeah. The cassettes weren't as nasty because it was, you know, a little tighter at that point. But yeah. they, they had them do a duet after Nat King Cole had died. And the father and daughter thing and everything else. Yeah. But this, oh, this takes it to a different level. Yeah. And they had the... The original video of the studio sessions yeah. and stuff like that. And I heard that because um, I really loved the string arrangement. And I can't even think of the name of the song. I just I clicked on the link. I was like, oh, the song's out and the video's out. So I went and watched the, the new music video for the Beatles song. Yeah. Um, it's called Now and Then. Now and Then. Now yeah. And, then. yeah. and apparently the, um, the guy that arranged the strings for this song is the son of the guy that arranged the strings for oh. uh, some of their other music oh my. like the original Beatles music and oh I was my. like oh that's a, that's a cool trivia wow question to know you know what I saw at the backside of this album for the Rolling Stones that I bought last night is that it was produced by Andrew Watts now oh. I assume it's a connection to Charlie Watts, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But the idea that it was produced by somebody that is very, very tight to the Rolling Stones is sort of like what you're talking yeah. with the Beatles. Yeah. Very cool. Maybe yeah. that's something you'll do. I probably will always keep my favorite people close. Even right now, like the, the group, uh, the, the backing band that I'm playing with, we've been playing together for about a year and a half. Um, but I've been working with my drummer just because he's my pr- producer and engineer. It's like I've been working with him for a long time. He's a nutball. Isn't he crazy? He's a complete In the, in the best way. <laughs> he's awesome. He's the best way, but you're really never sure what he's going to come up with. Yeah. Last night, he's, he sort of stopped everything when you were in between songs, and he says, hey, do you guys remember the original Jungle Book? And yeah. Of course, everybody's looking around <laughs> going... What the, what's that got to do he with got, anything? He got real comfortable during the show. And I was he like, did. what are you talking about, Nate? He did. Let's play the next song. Says, well, you remember those two vultures that look like the yeah. Beatles? Yeah. Well, that, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> had nothing to do with He's the song. So funny. Oh, my uh, God. You guys had a lot of fun last we night. We did. We had a great time. Man. By the way, if yeah. we were 10 years old, because I know breakfast is going to come and we'll, br- we'll break for breakfast yeah. here when it comes. Yeah. But if we were 10 years old, our new nicknames would be biscuits and gravy. Biscuits and gravy. Yeah, because, I'd be okay with because that. that's all we know right now in the yeah. first two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> right. Is there something when you are ready to go on stage, and and I say ready meaning ten minutes yeah. or ready I mean five hours, yeah. that there is something that you 
avoid or something that you like to eat or drink oh, before you sing? That's actually a really great question. Um, so I have a lot of allergies. Oh, no. So I actually don't eat probably within five hours of the show. So like by the time the show's over, like I need food. Are you um, not so in I'll fear of dropping well, because you don't have food? Uh, no, not yet. It's only <laughs> happened once where I got really dizzy, but it, we were playing in Oklahoma last summer, and I got, it was like 95, 90, between 95 and 100 degrees outside. Oh, no. But I think if I would have eaten, it wouldn't have mattered. It was just that hot. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm allergic to, like, grass, wheat, can't process gluten, and, like, it's it's a mess. So I usually just eat, like... Fruit and cheese and meat. And I, I usually do have a big breakfast the day of a show. Wow. And then I'll eat, eat like bananas and apples and stuff. Wow. But after a show, like, I'm like, where is the pizza? <laughs> Even though I'm not supposed to eat bread, I'm like, I need a sandwich. Like, now. Yeah. Like last night, they, f- they fed me tacos. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 As fast as they could. Yeah. Do you have something? And I, I asked this because of myself with yeah. radio announcing over the years. Uh, do you have something that you stay away from? I cannot yeah. drink milk. Milk. And I cannot drink orange juice. Oh, yeah? Because it is a phlegm factory yeah, inside me. Yeah, milk, and milk does that for me. I, I, don't, yeah. I, almost, I don't drink any milk anymore. I just stay away from it. Because oh. I've, I've been trying to take vocal health, like, really seriously. Oh, wow. So I stay away from, from bread, milk, ice cream, wow. like, anything that is a phlegm factory. And, and yeah. not necessarily just on concert day. Yeah, all the time. I never, I never touch Whoa. it. Yeah. Because see, I couldn't do that because I love milk. Yeah. I do. So I only do it on the days I have to do some yeah. work of some sort. In the dead of winter, if I'm not doing anything for a few weeks, I'll, I'll have something. But like, and I stay away from popcorn and oh. there's a lot of foods that because like, like the kernels will get stuck in your tonsils and stuff, and then you can get sick. So I just. It's like eating gravel. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Hey, breakfast has arrived. Yeah. Let's take a break. We're gonna have biker bowls. Yes. Which. Do you know the reason why they call them biker bowls? I have no idea. We could find out, though. Yeah, because I'm sure he's got a Can story. Can we ask you a question? We would love to know why the biker bowl is called a biker bowl. You know, I, I don't know, you don't sure know the answer to that, but I will. He has an assignment. Yeah. 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 I'm cool. On it. I'm going to find cool. out. Cool. All right. <laughs> Let's take a break. We'll be right back in just a little bit with Abby Thomas on Storyteller Studio. Lipstick on my cup. You wrote your number on my heart, telling me the secrets that you've kept from everyone else. I've only got one night. You've got to catch an early flight. This can't be more than just a
far past There's a great wall I'm my scars Don't push too far Let's not get attached We've gotta keep this in Abby, we have the explanation for the biker bowl. We do. Do you want to tell them? Sure. Um, so apparently the chef that is here used to work in Chicago, and they had a trucker bowl, um, which makes sense because Chicago is a big traffic hub. Big time. Um, so the chef here uh, wanted to make something similar, and uh, Goshen's a, a big cyclist town. And um, we have lots of trails and stuff like that. And we oh. have a bike shop. We've got a couple bike shops, actually. Oh, good to know. So they just changed it to the Biker Bowl instead, which makes sense to me. It does make sense. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. very good. It's going to last me all day. Yeah, yeah, same. Speaking of Goshen being a transportation hub. Yeah. Going to your show last night, I almost got hit by a train. Did you? I that swear. doesn't surprise and me. I mean, <laughs> and I mean, it doesn't surprise me because of me or because of Goshen? Because of Goshen. Okay. Yeah. Trains are everywhere. They're everywhere. All day, Honest every day. Honest to God. At night. Yes. Yeah. And this uh, is broad daylight, thank yeah. goodness. But you know where they've got those train tracks are too close to a intersection? Yeah. So here comes... a lot of those. Yeah. So here oh. comes this 
really slow train, you know, and the gates go up and I go through. Yeah. But I can't go through the intersection. Yeah, you get stuck. And then all of a sudden, bing, 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 and the gates go down again. And I'm going, well, what is that? And I felt like my ass was hanging out into the tracks. <laughs> I mean, I got a minivan, so I, I had that feeling. Yeah. So I'm trying to like tuck it in, but I, yeah, I can't go out into traffic. Yeah. And then... It was another train another going train. the other, yeah, going yeah. the other direction, and he was hell bent for election. <laughs> he was moving. Yeah, that does not so surprise me. I, I I just started sweating, and I'm going, yeah. I'm stuck. I don't know what to do. Yeah. And then finally, the light changed, and I got through there really quick. Um, around here, being late to something because of a train is common oh. and okay. <laughs> yeah. People get stuck all the time, and I've been stuck uh, at one intersection. Uh, for three different trains, and it was like 30 minutes later. Really? Yeah. I wasn't oh. in a hurry, so I didn't turn around and g- try to find another way, but we have a lot of trains. But, you know, I hate detours. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Because the minute you go off, and then you go, geez, you know, did, wh- did I calculate it? And you'll never know. Yeah. You'll never know yep. whether it was shorter or longer, and yep. it's just, oh, I just, I can't stand it. I can't do it. <laughs> Jeez. It does hey, take some getting used to. By the way, I understand that when we are done here, uh-huh. you're going over to your family to do F- Sunday football. F- Sunday football. Is yeah. that like a big tradition thing for you guys? Yeah. So my husband was born and raised here, and he has a really tight uh, group of friends that he grew up with. Luckily, they've adopted me. <laughs> um, but they are all big football fans, and we have a big fantasy football league. Oh, so, oh, like, so you're so th- serious. Yeah, so today... Patrick Mahomes is, is helping me out today. Thank goodness he's coming back because I think he was sick. But everyone's bringing their kids over because we all have toddlers. And nice. We're just going to watch football and let the kids play. And Yeah. And when you're in Goshen, Indiana, who do you root for? Oh, uh, it's, it's split, I think, between Chicago and Indianapolis. And no Detroit. No Detroit. Really? Not that I know of. I don't, okay. I don't know any Detroit fans. Now, see, in northern Illinois, it's split between the Bears and the Packers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not so much the Bears this year. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was just sort of curious on what side of the fence you guys yeah. fell on. Yeah. I used to be a Colts fan uh, when Peyton was around. So I'm, I've become like a, a player fan, not necessarily a team fan. Oh. Um, but I grew up in Cincinnati, so s- sometimes I find myself rooting for the Bengals. You know, when I lived in Charleston, West Virginia, Cincinnati was the team. Yeah. If you did not get behind the West Virginia Mountaineers. Yeah. I mean, that's the closest we had to a pro team. Yeah. Then you jumped over into Cincinnati, which I thought was weird. But that, you know, I'm an outsider and I don't know how it all works. Yeah. But it was fun. Yeah. 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 Hey, by the way, you last night only did one cover song. Everything else was original. Yeah, Is I that think, true? I think we, yeah. I think we played 17 originals, maybe. 16, oh, 17. my. And we weren't planning to have an encore. Like, the whole thing last night was crazy because I was just hoping to get, you know, 100 people in the room. Like, that was my hope. And Do you, do you know the final count? I think it was close to 180. Nice. And the, it holds 200. Nice. That venue is geared towards original music. And so, but the, the crowd was going so nuts and they wanted another song. They and were. Um, my piano player, Simon, was like, we need to do the cover one that's coming, because we have a single coming out this coming Friday. Um, and it's a cover. He's like, we need to play the cover because it's also like a big dance song. And I was like, yeah, you're right. That that's, that fits the vibe of the room. Yeah. yeah. And, and the weird part of it is you took this Frankie Valley yeah. and made it sort of a party song. It's a party song, yeah. <laughs> Which it's not. It's not. No. Yeah, his version's a little slower. And then I grew up loving on the Lauren Hill version. I didn't and, know about that. And then 
I, I've always loved the song. I've always loved that song. Wow. And, and the uh, song is Can't Take uh, My Eyes Off Can't You. Can't Take My Eyes Off You. Right. And um, I knew I wanted to play it this summer because we had some big festivals lined up. And I'm in that point in my career where we're, we're doing like hybrid shows where we're mixing covers in with original music to try to gain fans. Because you can. Because we can. <laughs> That's and right. I, and I love doing covers too, cause I, but I like doing them in a way that puts my own spin on it and not yeah. just a copy. And so I sat at the piano and tried to figure out, was like, how are we going to play the song? So I figured out what the chords were, and then it just, like, clicked. And I played it for the band. They're like, we know what to do with this thing. Yeah. And it that was the fastest song, like, cover song that it, it, it took us, like, two or three tries to run through it the first time. That's it. I was like, that's it. That's the arrangement. Let's not change a thing. Yeah. That's impressive. And it's a fun, everyone ends up dancing to that one. We had a conga line at one show this summer that people <laughs> were doing that song. It's fun. Which blows my mind because I'm, I'm a singer-songwriter. Like, I play a lot of listening rooms that are just quiet, and they're changing things for the for the better. Yeah. And it's great. Yeah. And yeah. you can see their personalities come through. And I told you this <laughs> off the air with Be The Band. Mm-hmm. All they would have to do is smile. They wouldn't have to sing a word. They're so charismatic. They are very much so. And yeah. they play off each other. You guys play off each other. Yeah. And that's that's the nice, that's when the magic comes through yeah. with regardless of what you're doing. Doesn't yeah. matter what you're doing. Yeah. Um, last night for me, because I don't know all your music. And you had never seen me play before. No. <laughs> I came in knowing virtually nothing yeah. about you live the venue goshen the original songs i i got nothing i told you i think off the air that when i get that original music it's how it makes you feel yeah. and then i figure that i will catch up with the lyrics later yeah when i hear it the second or the third time yeah and Maybe that's what other people were doing because there was a lot of dancing and toe tapping going yes, on. Yeah. And that's what you want. And even with like the more mellow songs that we did in the middle of the set, like mm-hmm. I could see people, you know, nodding their heads and swaying back and forth, yeah. which is just my favorite part that a mellow song can still move yeah. move people. And and yeah. I think something that you have the benefit to do because you're a songwriter mm-hmm. is before the song you can say, Here's where I was. Yeah. Here's what was going on like for instance i can't remember which the song was but you said it was a hot rainy day you were uh, sitting on the porch with your little girl mid-july yeah yeah and just watching her be a three-year-old yeah that helped us with the song yeah. had you not said that we would just sort of take it as generic just a pretty song and then figure it out later yeah yeah you yeah. had a lot of jazzy stuff to your songs too i do I where's love... that come from Oh, I, I grew up on a very eclectic mix of influences from my parents. Um, so my dad was a big Beatles fan. My mom loved Karen Carpenter, so that I automatically Aww. go there. And then as I grew up, I fell in love with like Ella Fitzgerald, Lauren Hill, Alicia mm. Keys, John mm. Mayer, even Frank Sinatra. Like, I have a very, very eclectic taste, I guess. Um, but like Nora Jones might be yeah. my favorite jazz artist yeah. and i know she's more like pop jazz is she still um, cutting stuff yeah i think so she, she actually has a podcast now she just did did one with like quest love and one of his um upright bass buddies oh my it's so good you should look and they act they talk and then they play music together and then they talk and play music together wow but i love just oh is everybody okay <laughs> there was a cornhole oh, no. thing that, that <laughs> hit the me. ground over there <laughs> i think he ate too much breakfast yeah, and did. his butt sort of knocked it over a little bit <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I very much love like Ella Fitzgerald, Etta James, mm-hmm. Nora Jones, 
Um, and I, I just, I could sit and watch just jazz musicians play all the time. And our bass player, Isaac, is trained as a jazz musician on bass, too. So. Have you been to New Orleans? I have, yeah. Oh, I've been down there, there once. Not twice, just once. Because New awesome. Orleans is the jazz version of country's Nashville yeah, to me. I ate it up. You just Loved go it. from venue to venue to venue, yeah. and it's just so much talent. Yeah. We were down there one time, and you remember Rudy Valley? Yeah. So smooth and yeah. so soft. Yeah. There was a guy, ah, it was like 11 o'clock in the morning, and it was him and two other guys, and they're just sitting over in the corner of this restaurant of some sort. Yeah. I mean, he made you want to take a nap right away <laughs> because he just, he literally wrapped you in a warm blanket yeah. with his voice. And you just wanted more. And the guy, the guy was 87 years old. 87? Yes. Oh, my goodness. I don't even know what the other guys were, but my as, God. As hard, now that I know how hard it is to maintain vocal cords, like, I can't imagine being 87. Or no. even, even just, like, playing piano and arthritis in your hands and, like, but, man. But then goodness. again, does it, does it fall back into that situation that if you keep moving yeah then probably. you then you can be moving yeah just don't slow yeah, down yeah yeah do you um do you refrain from yelling at the tv or yelling at the high school football game because you know you're going to pay for it the next couple of days i do i do yeah, too i am it's not worth it uh is it who's the lead singer for paramore Haley? i don't know oh no the lead singer for Paramore, I'm having a moment. Um, I don't even know the Paramore name. Oh, my gosh. Oh, you should no. look look them up. They're mm. a great band. A great band. But she is obsessive about her vocal cords. So I, I've watched interviews that she has done on how she takes care of her voice. Does she talk about that it's more of what you do or more of what you don't do? I would say it's more of what you don't do. Okay. Like just like she stays away from milk. Like, it's yeah. same stuff. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I think the one thing that's helped me, though, is just making sure that I get enough sleep. That's where I've, that's where I've noticed where like, my voice will struggle if I get too tired. Doesn't that help with every job? Yeah. I mean, more sleep makes you happier. Like, yeah, yeah. That's, you know, I, I was very nervous about the alarm going off this morning. Mm -hmm. One, because... Daylight savings time. That's one thing, and I had somewhere to be with you. Yeah. And the other part was... I'm not used to an alarm anymore. Yeah. I haven't been, quote unquote, working in a day job where yeah. I get up for seven years. Yeah. I get up when I feel like getting up. Uh -huh. So, you know, the flip to that was I didn't get any sleep. Uh, oh, yeah, because you were afraid you were going to oversleep. That's it. Yeah. That's it. So yeah. that'll teach me. Yeah. So next time we need to have biscuits and gravy at two in the afternoon. I'm okay that's with that. That's okay yeah. with that. Hey, tell me about your music score. Didn't you have something oh my picked gosh. up? This year has been crazy as far as composing goes. So uh, the last year and a half I had spent writing music for the Elkhart County Symphony Orchestra and performing with them in May. Okay. And then in June, uh, Simon and I teamed up and arranged music um, to play with the South Bend Symphony Quartet, String Quartet. Oh. And we did a show that was mostly uh, cover songs and we threw some of ours in too, but we arranged them, so they're all original arrangements. And then I got to do my first film score like the day after that show. Um, but it was a short film, and it was like a trial, kind of like a, hey, can I actually do this kind of a thing? There, yeah. There's a filmmaker that I met at a... Like a music um, festival? At a film festival. Film thank festival, you, thank okay. You. Yeah. And there's a couple guys that saw me play, because I was actually playing at the film festival. I played a, I played a couple sets for a party. They're like, hey, do you do you write all your music? I'm like, yeah. They're like, have you ever done a film score? I was like, no, but I want to. They're like, you're hired. 
So they Hello. they had gotten some new gear that they were going to test out on a short script that they had. So they sent it to me, and I did a film score, and I loved it. Come on. It was great. Do you have to attack it differently? Yeah, it's a totally different process. Really? Um, yeah. E- even, even different from the orchestra and different, different. from your yeah. regular songs. Yeah. No, um, whole different animal. My issue with that was that I... I don't read music. So I had to utilize technology and play with the keyboard to make the arrangements and have the, the computer make the sheet music for me. And you're writing for multiple instruments. Uh, yeah, I, was, I think I was writing for 18 instruments. Wow. So I did struggle with percussion on that project, so the conductor helped me with percussion, and Simon um, did as well because he's really good at that stuff. He's classically wow. trained, so... I utilized him often earlier this year. Um, But because I went through those symphony projects, when it came time for the film score, Mm -hmm. all I had to figure out was just the technology on how they like things to be set up so that they can make the edits that they need to in post. I watched, I think, two or three YouTube videos, and I knocked out the score in like five hours, (laughs) sent it off. And it was awesome. Like, it's so cool. And I think they're going to start putting it into some film festivals next year. What is the film? Oh no! I'd have to look that up. Okay. It's been so long. It's a it's a thriller. But it's a short film. It's a short film. It's so like, it's, it's like seven 11, minutes. Eleven minutes. I okay. Think. All yeah. right. Okay. But it was it was really cool because at the beginning of the film, they wanted like a pop song as like an intro. I wrote like a thirty second version of a pop song, and I sang it and everything. And oh. then and then it gets into like those drone sounds where the mood changes in the film and. Excellent. Um, and I so I got to do all that too, which is really cool. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad can, you I'll stepped. I'll show it to you later if you I'm glad see you it. stepped up to the plate when they say you're hired on the spot. Yeah, I was nervous about it because well, I'd never done it, but you had a right to be. Yeah, yeah, but it, I think the cool thing was is that they gave me creative freedom. Like they gave me basically an outline of what they were looking for, and they're like, okay. "Just do it and send it to us, and we'll see if if we want you to change anything." And they didn't change any of it. They're like, "We love it." Well, they were going to change some of the levels and stuff, but I, I assume that's that's you know normal. So. You know. There are times, and I I equate this with when I had a jingle made for my company a long time ago in Milwaukee. If you tell them enough and you give them enough guidance, they're going to hit the nail on the head. Yeah. A creative brief, a good creative brief will be very helpful. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like setting up fences and then just letting the cows run free. Yeah. And the cows run free is the creativity part. Yeah. But yet they stay within the fences. Yeah. And I didn't change a thing. When they brought it back, yeah. I didn't change absolutely one thing. That's cool. And then they uh, brought in the male singer and brought in the female singer on two different sessions. Okay. So they never saw each other. Yeah. And then they blended it all together, and it was, it was cool. so neat. And we used it. In so many different ways. Yeah. It was crazy. In fact, you know, why don't we just play it now? I would love to hear it. Yeah, let's yeah. play it now. Yeah. Taking your image higher, Skyward Promotions. We bring your message to the world in brand new ways. Printed on things you never dreamed of, or thousands of things you see every day. Taking your image Taking your image 
emotions. Okay, so that was probably 25 years ago. It was um, with a, a, a production company in Milwaukee, Wisconsin cool. called Cook. Okay. Uh, K-O-C-H. And they were wonderful people to work with. And I actually closed down my office and took all my employees up there to see it being made. Because nobody gets that chance to do that kind of stuff. that sounds fun. Later on, we've used the instrumental versions Mm -hmm. on WLUV radio. We've used Mm -hmm. it for other reasons. So we have milked that like nobody's business. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I I feel really good about the money I spent Mm -hmm. because of all the different ways that we used it. Yeah, So anyway, that was sort of a sidebar to you doing a movie score. Any idea when the movie is coming out? I know it's like short films and stuff. They usually go through like a festival cycle. So I know that those guys will, will enter into film festivals and stuff like that. So I don't know if it'll ever be viewable to the public until after festival season next year, probably. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I'll, I'll have to follow up and find out. Yeah, that's understandable. Yeah. Yeah, I get why they do that. Yeah. Um, let's play one of your songs. Okay. Because I pretty much bought one of everything last night at your <laughs> merchandise you. desk. I appreciate it. That buys diapers. <laughs> the, it buys diapers. Wow, there's a marketing <laughs> campaign. Uh. Don't buy my record because it's nice, because it helps me buy diapers. Uh, which one would you like to play? Uh, let's do Dirty Little Things. So a recent one. Uh, yeah, it came out in 2022. It was the title track for an EP that I put out. Okay. And is there a video that's associated with it yet or no? Um, I think I did a lyric video for this one, but not a music video. I didn't have a budget for it at the okay. time. Okay. All right. Um, and, and is there a setup story for this? Because dirty little things can mean a lot of things to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, this one is about... I, so there's some songs I'm like very open and honest about what the lyrics are about, mm-hmm. and some of them I keep pretty tight. Mm-hmm. Um, this is one I've kept tight, but I feel like it's self-explanatory. Uh, to me, it's self-explanatory about what happened, but it was a, a relationship that didn't go very well. Oh, so you're like the Taylor Swift version yeah. of... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very honest song. Yeah. Um, so I, in my friends group and in like my musician friends group and band members and stuff, um, there's people that listen to like the music and then there's people that like actually listen to the lyrics mm-hmm. and I actually had a friend text me he heard it he's like are you doing okay <laughs> I was like yeah Justin this happened a while ago I'm, I'm just now writing about it <laughs> yeah, but I, but I, I'm not fresh off the wound <laughs> yeah yeah but I do know like when I wrote it it happened fast um, the, the writing the happened writing fast? happened fast so I wrote it at the piano lyrics and piano at the same time and it took about 20 minutes Oh, it came out really fast. On. Yeah, and then I don't think I really edited anything after the fact. Are you kidding so me? So I think my my better songs come out fast like that. Wow. Yeah, I could probably even go through like the uh, the track list for the EP and the album and tell you which ones were the fast writes and which ones weren't. Wow. Yeah. There is um, there's something that comes to mind when you say fast. You just it just mm-hmm. it you. I don't, I don't know if I can even use this as a good parallel, but you yeah. feel God coming through it's, your fingers. It's a different feeling. It's a very yeah. different feeling. And the first time it happened to me was for a funeral eulogy. Oh, no. And it just, just kept, it just kept coming. You know, it was probably six years ago I started writing books. Some of the stories will fly out of you, mm-hmm. and some of them... It is a gravel road for two months. Yeah. And you just can't get it. Yeah. I, I don't know that it's 
better or worse. Mm-hmm. It's just different. Yeah. It's yeah. just different. I noticed the ones that come out more quickly need less editing later as well, which is nice. Wow. Yeah. So, like, you mentioned Mid-July, that mm-hmm. song last night. That mm-hmm. was a quick one, too. Was it really? Yeah. That was wow. probably 30, 40 minutes. Wow. Yeah. But I was also stopping in the middle and, like, jumping in puddles with my daughter. Like, that's where <laughs> the bridge came from. It was just because I was active in actually doing the things that I was writing about, which was fun. All right, let's play the song right now on Storyteller Studio.
That's Dirty Little Things, one of the latest releases from Abby Thomas. And boy, I've got my own interpretation of that song. <laughs> I'll just keep that to myself. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's fine. That's, uh, it is, it is, it is. And, you know, lots of times I see songs, let's say 20 years ago, it will hit you in a certain yes. way. And then all of a sudden, it hits you in a whole different way because you're in a different place. Yeah. I see that over and over and over again. Yeah. Some songs I don't tell the story behind because I want people to be able to get out of it what what they get out of it. Oh, good a, point. As opposed to me telling them what this is about. Yeah, Dirty Little Things is one of those. I just, I kind of leave it up to the listener. So this is like your Hotel California yeah. or American Pie. It's yeah. like, yeah, whatever you think, mm-hmm. it's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right, though. Hey, tell me about Clint Black. Oh, yeah. What a nice guy. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Um, so last week was nuts. So we were in Nashville at the Opry on Sunday. Uh, for the Josie Music for the, Awards. For the Josie Music Awards. Mm-hmm. And then I think I got home. And then on Wednesday, I got an email asking to asking me to open for Clint Black, which I read the email. I was like, what? <laughs> did, you, did you not plant any previous seeds? No. This came out of nowhere? It came out of nowhere. I don't know if they had a no, another opener that dropped out or if they forgot to hire someone. <laughs> like, I don't know, and I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and you took Simon with you and Caitlin? I took and Simon Caitlin? and Caitlin. Yeah, so I have played at that venue once before. Um, I opened for a girl named Tom last year, and they were season 21 winners of The Voice. Oh, my. Um, it was a sold-out. It's like a 1,500-seat opera house, and they had it was a sold-out show, which is wow. so much fun. Yeah. Totally different crowd, though. Um, and I had played just solo with, like, a guitar when I did Girl Named Tom in that theater. So when I saw Clint Black at the Honeywell House in Wabash, <laughs> Indiana, I was like, I'm not playing this one by myself. There's no <laughs> way. You can't pay me enough. Because I, I know who his audience is, you yeah. know. So I was like, Simon, Caitlin, are you available? Please be available. My fingers were crossed. Yeah, or make yourself available. Yeah. But you only Kate, had... Caitlin did. She made herself available because she had something else booked. But didn't you only have, like, four days uh, to get this together? like two or three so Honeywell Foundation had to submit my package to uh, Clint Black's management for approval so I found out Thursday night that we were approved to play on Saturday so um, and Caitlin had another gig booked because she's in in two bands Um, so her band was playing luckily it was only an hour away so she missed like the first set of her other show to come open for Clint Black Unbelievable. Yeah, and luckily Simon was available because he's he's in a few different bands too because they're all working musicians. Yeah. So I stewed over the set list, 
up until you know a half hour before we played and i was like all right we're opening with bonnie Raitt. we're doing it we're doing a cover song and how many and songs did you play we played before? five you did that's a yeah. that's healthy yeah. yeah um long enough to make an impression i yeah. think yeah we played Bonnie Raitt, and then we did three originals, and we did a Beatles mashup. Nice. And it was cool. Very good combo. Yeah. I saw Clint Black a very long time ago, front row, oh, wow. dead center. Cool. Now, here's why. Because I'm not what people would say an avid Clint Black fan. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? He's one of those where you don't realize how many songs of his you actually Thank you. know. That's, ex that's what it was for That's me. exactly true. But, you know, if you wanted to throw that in the category of the Eagles or the Doobie Brothers, mm -hmm. I mean, come on, you've been chomping at that bit to yeah. get good tickets for that yeah. show for a long time. Yeah. Not with Clint Black. No. I enjoyed him. I played him on the radio. Didn't know much about him. Uh, you know, those ticket brokers, right? Yeah. They buy up a bunch of tickets and they resell them for a profit. Yeah. Not scalping. Legal scalping. Legal right. Scalping. <laughs> so this guy bought some promotional products from us and didn't pay us. And didn't pay us, and didn't pay us, and didn't pay us. And I said, then you need to cough up some tickets. Yeah, and good we'll, for you. And we'll call it even and be done with this. Yeah. Because, you know, after a while, it just gets to be the aggravation yeah. that's worse than the money not being paid. Yeah. So he's going through his list, and he says, I've got these two tickets for Clint Black. And he goes, or... I've got these two tickets for Reba McIntyre oh. and Brooks and Dunn. Oh, my gosh. Or I've got tickets for Barry Manilow. Oh, my gosh. And I said, I didn't hear the oars. I will take all those tickets for all those shows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because you Good. made me mad. Yeah. Yeah. And Clint's show was so much fun. Oh, he's Again, great. because you don't remember that that's him behind him. And yeah. you know, another person like that is George Strait. Oh, yeah. And once people say that's George Strait, you go, oh, yeah, I know that. But yeah. yet you don't you don't think of it. Carol King was like that for me. Was she really? Yeah, I did not. Because I did a tribute group uh, for her music a couple years ago. Uh, like, I was one of five singers in a tribute group for, like, wow. a summer series. And... I did not realize all of the songs that she had written for other people that I knew. Oh, it's insane. Yeah. 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 Do you know she's got a uh, Carol King tribute type Broadway show going on? Oh, yeah, yeah. In New I've York heard City. it's really good. Too. Yeah. I haven't seen it. And but. every so often she pops in. Does she really? Yeah, oh my she God. does. You know, oh. it's sort of like Jimmy Buffett. Every so often he popped in on the Margaritaville when it was on Broadway. Yeah. Um, That's I cool. was uh, watching some kind of a documentary about songwriters in New York City back in the 1960s. And I'm telling you this, I, not only I because... I think I might have seen the same one. With, with Neil Sedaka? Mm, is it about the building? Yeah, the Brill building? Yeah. 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 And I'm telling you this because you're a songwriter and you also brought up Carole King. Mm -hmm. um, the, the, they treated it like an eight to five day. Yeah. You go in and at the end of today, I need two songs. Yes. Or I need one song. I need one ballad. I need one, you know, anthem song or whatever. Yeah. And... You cranked it out. Yeah. And Neil Sedaka said it is not uncommon back in the day for you to kick out a song in this particular week. You would have it recorded the very next week by mm -hmm. somebody. Mm -hmm. And it would be on New York radio the very next week. In three weeks. Right. Yeah. So he was in the... Um, I wish it was still like Yeah, that. no kidding. <laughs> he was in the office or in the, in the room uh, yeah. next to Carol King. And so he writes his song. And he gets it all prepped and everything, and he's all ready to go show it to RCA Records, I think it was. 
And they say, yes, we love the melody, we love the lyrics, we just don't like the title. You need to change the title. And he goes, I'm not going to change the title because it's my girlfriend. And that was the song, Oh, Carol. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's funny. And the record company caved. They good, did, yeah, good. They did not change the... Uh, they did not change the uh, record uh, title to That's it. That's so funny. Do you know you have made it into my recent book? Uh, what? Yes. <laughs> yes. Spill the beans. What? <laughs> the, the book that I'm working on now is called The Moment We Met. Oh, cool. And it is 97% lies and 3% truth. <laughs> and this was my pandemic project. Oh. Because everybody was sitting at home. I sent out 200 very short questionnaires to yeah. 200 people that I know. It could be people I went to high school with, it could be my lawyer, it could be the guy that picks up my trash, it could be yeah. anybody in between. I got 98 responses. That's pretty good. Yeah, and I was thrilled. Yeah. But then I go, oh crap, I got 98 stories to write. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. Well, there's this section that is not 97% lies and 3% truth. <laughs> Because I did it that way, because let's say, for instance, you're an accountant mm -hmm. and you're very shy. Yeah. I will put you on stage pole dancing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I will do the swap the other way around. Okay. I will make the entertainer, the onstage person, a librarian. Oh, I mean, okay. I'll swap it because it has nothing to do with the moment we met, but I make it up. Yeah. Well, there's a section that I call fleeting moments. And those are 100% true. Okay. And you're in that because that oh was gosh. that fleeting moment where you go from biscuits and gravy to winning the award at the Josie's. Yeah. When he put it like that, man, what a crazy day. <laughs> it was. Did you have any idea of the numbers that were involved in your nomination where they no. would have 59,000 entries for all these categories yeah. and 2.2% are actually on the nomination roster, yeah. which is maybe eight or six or 10 or whatever it happens to be yeah. for the category. Yeah. And then you float to the top. I know. So I think yeah, I'm still trying to figure out what life is right now. And then uh, what's the guy that announced my name? William Lee uh, Golden. William Lee Golden from the Oak Ridge Boys was up yeah. on stage. I legit was sitting in the audience with my friends drinking wine going, this is fun. Like <laughs> we got to see all these cool people sing and perform and... <laughs> And he said my name. I was like, I'm going to pass out. <laughs> what is happening right now? And I'm still, because I, I, it's been so busy since that happened. I don't, right. I don't know if it's quite hit yet what, what all has happened and what all that means. It's been a roller coaster because last night's performance was also recorded. And yeah. I don't know the situation with that. Who, yeah. Who's behind that and where will it end up? Um, so... The cinematographer that fil has filmed my music videos, so I have three music videos out. His name's David Perkins. Um, he's fabulous. Um, he's got nice I, equipment. Yeah. You tell him he's that. A pro. He's I a pro. I paid attention to his yeah. equipment. And he also did uh, our, our our band's Tiny Desk entry this year oh. um, that got nominated for a thing. Like he's real. Everything that we have done together has been a one continuous shot project nice. because of budget, and it always looks great. I hired David to come film 
for a live EP. So we're gonna take the best four or five songs from last night oh. and put it put it out as an EP, and then all the videos are gonna go on YouTube as oh, a collection. Oh, how nice! Yeah, because I because I'm at the point in my career where I'm I'm trying to get away from playing cover gigs at like bars and stuff, but it pays my bills, so I will yeah. I'll never knock it. I'll always do it as long as I need to. Yeah, I get it. Um, and I and that's how I meet new people anyway. So yeah. I'll always do it as I needed as needed. And but can't you do a mix of both? Yeah, you can. Okay. Yeah, all and right. so but we're starting to do more concerts and listening room things and stuff like that which is where we really want to end up in order to get to where we want to be we have to have really good content um so that venues can see what what we can do did you do audio recording last night Mm -hmm. for possibly doing a live recording just audio somewhere along the line um yeah we got we got the uh the multi-track recording because there's also this is crazy there were so many things happening last night (laughs) So we announced the backing, I noticed. The, I know <laughs> that we announced the backing band name, uh, which is a, so it's Abby Thomas and the Crazy Hearts, which they're very excited about. Like they get a name now. I like that. Um, and and then it's fitting. Trust it, me, it's yes, fitting. It's yes. totally yes. fitting. And we yes. sat on. We, we we tried to find a name for this group for like six months. Um, what, was there a lot on the table and nobody could decide, or yeah, there was nothing? There was there was almost nothing. It was like because we there's an age gap of about twenty years from the oldest to the youngest in the is group. There really? Yeah. Wow. And okay. And but at the end of the day, we just kind of landed on. I was like, we are just a crazy group of people that dream really big. And honestly, we're every time we go perform, we want to leave all all of our hearts out on on the stage. Like that's that. So that the words create the word crazy and and hearts just kept popping up. And there so we you just are. Together. There you are. Um, Very fitting. Yeah. And yeah. And Nate's crazy, so that fits too. <laughs> the drummer. <laughs> How'd you run into Simon? Um, I saw him play at an open mic. And he he was sing he can sing too, but he oh. his, his preference is to play his instruments. Um, okay. So I saw him sing and play at an open mic, and then I wrote his name down and asked around about him. Um, you stalked him. I did a little <laughs> bit, and then I met him backstage at a theater in Elkhart. Um, he was getting ready to play a show with a different band. Um, I was there to meet um, a, the conductor for the symphony in the same building. Wow. And Simon's like, hey, if you ever need anyone to play with you, just let me know. And I was like, speaking of, I was like, you, you were trained at Goshen College. Like, you you know music theory. He's like, yeah. I was, he was a trained um, for, uh, for piano performance wow. in, like, classical music. But he'll pick up a guitar. Oh, and yeah. yeah. He's versatile. And I, I, before we met, I had been having a hard time finding the right mix of band members because I play two instruments. There was okay. a disconnect in the music as, as sonically like when I hopped from guitar to piano like it just it changed and not in a great way the guitar songs sounded like a different artist compared to the piano songs so I needed someone that oh. could also play two instruments oh. so whatever I pl- instrument I play Simon will play the opposite and okay. it's really helped with continuity okay I, yeah. w- I was always wondering when you went from let's say guitar to piano mm-hmm. what happens to the piano guy yeah. You know, is you just sit that one out. Yeah. You know, and you don't want that to happen yeah. necessarily. It, it so changes the vibe of the, of the show. It, and, it does. And so I initially asked Simon to be to teach me music theory because I had to write music for a symphony. And he didn't know it was a tryout to be in the band. <laughs> I didn't I didn't want him to know. I just because I didn't know him, you know. And so I wanted to see what his personality was like and if we would get along and, yeah. and if we had the same taste in music and Right. And he's just been like and he's so young too. Like he's in his early twenties and Is he, he really he's absolutely killing it. Yeah. I thought he would be the older side of the scale. No, nope. I know and he's got that big beard and he all does. the burly hair too. He, he does. yeah, he looks older than he is. Yeah. He gets carded sometimes. That's too. hilarious. Yeah. And of course Isaac is 
is the youngest. Isaac's the baby. Yeah, there's no question there. Yeah. Hey, how do you know Janelle and Terry Carter? Because yeah. they just flat out introduced you and I yeah. at that breakfast, and I don't know any past, nothing. Yeah, um, I met them in Nashville, actually. So C- Caitlin, my violin player, has been friends with them. So Caitlin's partner, oh. I think, grew up in the same town maybe that that Janelle and Terry are from oh, uh, okay. through the grapevine. So we oh. all went down to Nashville to play a show at the same venue. It was like three bands in a row, and I, I opened, I think, hmm. played solo, and then Terry and, uh, and Janelle and their band closed the night. Oh. But that's where I met them. I didn't know And then that. we just became fast friends, and, and like now we text each other all the time and check in on each other, yeah. and like we'll hop on phone calls when we're having a bad day. and like. So did you see each other last year at the Josie's no, also? No, no. So at all. I didn't even know what they were until January this year, so Janelle's the one that told me to apply. And I've only known them since, I think, July when they played Edgebrook's Music on the Mall. Okay, yeah. And, I mean, that was sort of a weird deal, too, because one of Sandy's co-workers says, Hey, I've got this cousin that's playing over at the golf course. If you want to go see them, they're really good. Well, you know, that depends on the person. Yeah. Yeah, it's like saying, Oh, go see this movie. It's really good. And then it's trash. Yeah. So we went (laughs) over. They brought in food trucks. It's right next to a small airport. So here you are at sunset with all these airplanes flying in and this band and the, oh my God, it was really neat. They put on some good shows They do. And the second song in, I lean over to Sandy and I said, you have got to hire these people for next year. Yeah. And she did. And then I got to know them in our green room, which is our studio. Yeah. And everything fell in place after that they were on our storyteller studio i went to nashville and and then we met yeah yeah and it's it's all been sort of crazy ever since <laughs> yeah yes. <laughs> and i kept calling it i was like i, I last week i was like I'm, i feel so lucky and you kept telling me no it's not luck it's and not i'm trying to sit with that and it, because if you went and sat in the corner and didn't converse with anybody that let's say Janelle introduced you to Mm -hmm. it would all stop but since you well what about this and what about this and whether you stalked people or not stalked people I mean Simon is a really good example yeah um you are a uh invitation to an open door and people will like to be able to take that either as an audience member or a band member or a collaborator or whatever you are welcoming and some people are not. Yeah. And they just say, you know, hey, this is my thing. You stay outside my circle. It's like, all right, all right, yeah. fine. And, and you've seen it. I, yeah. I've been on both sides of that. And, yeah. Um, this particular group that's the backing band now, like, I worked really hard to make sure it was the right personality fits. Yeah. There's no egos allowed. <laughs> Check them at the door. Like, and, and, and honestly, like, everyone's so kind and so friendly. Um, open to constructive criticism like we call each other out during band practice and we're like I love you but you need to not do that anymore or like and, and now we just laugh at each other like okay thank you and I think they're gonna print up a t-shirt that says I love you but, but. I love you but <laughs> um, but I feel like having that standard for just being a good human um, I think is pulling in the right fan base too because I feel like everyone in the audience this yeah. whole year has just been everyone's a good human and everyone's there to be a part of something or not feel alone or just just be kind and it's harder to find and i don't mean this in a critical way but it's harder to find the younger the person is because Mm -hmm. they're still trying to figure things out yeah and i think there's a sweet spot 
and it's maybe 40 for the sake of argument. Mm-hmm. I'm just pulling that off out of my butt. Yeah. Maybe that's the sweet spot where it's like, you know what? I, I made some mistakes, and I don't want to make any more mistakes going forward. Yeah. And then there's some people that never hit that sweet spot, and then they turn into a grumpy old guy sitting on his porch saying, get off my lawn. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And you don't want those guys either. Yeah. I Well, good <laughs> for you. You you were doing some uh, either very conscious or very unconscious vetting yeah. And, it, and it works out for I you. I think a few years ago, I I was playing with uh, with a different group of people, and we kind of shuffled a few different musicians in and out. But I had never played with a band before. Last year, we got we got to the point where I was like, okay, things are moving. There's and, but my schedule being a mom, because I'm a full time mom mm-hmm. too. Yeah. I was like, I think I need full time musicians. And but that first group of that core group of people that I was playing with even though they're not in the band now, they're the ones that taught me how to play with a band. Oh, um, nice. And they were patient with me, and they're like, this, you need to learn how to be able, be able to direct your band and all yeah. these things. And they were just um, the most wonderful group of people, and even they were kind people. Because so, it's, it's a dance. Yeah. It yeah. really is. So I mean, no pun intended for music. I mean, <laughs> any anything that you do, you have to get used to each other. Yeah, um, yeah. It's find the right fits. And then... But through that process, there were a few musicians that came through. I was like, oh, I don't like working with someone like this. Or I don't I yeah. don't appreciate when they treat someone at this venue this way. Or yeah. I was like, So I had very high standards moving forward. Yeah, and you know, sometimes this, the standards can also overlap into something else. And I'm yeah. going to give you just a suggestion that happened to me. Obviously, it had nothing to do with hiring somebody in a band. When you sit down for lunch with somebody and that person you want to be able to be part of this project that you've got going on. Yeah. And they mistreat the wait staff. Yeah. For no reason. Yes. It's a power thing or whatever the deal is. It's like, that's all I need to know about you. Yeah. I, That'll burn a bridge with me real quick. Yeah, you're not going to be part of the project. Mm-hmm. And they may never know because I may never tell them. Yeah. Well, why didn't I get it? Well, suggest. Right. <laughs> you know <laughs> I may tell you. Yeah. Um, the other day, it all came to a head with you in your laundry room. Oh, my goodness. This and? Sometimes I wonder if I shouldn't have posted that video. Well, <laughs> but it was raw and it was honest. Yeah. yeah. And, and actually, Janelle's the one that's been encouraging me to be more honest on social media. Oh. That's why I posted it was because of Janelle. There is that fine line, though. Mm-hmm. And I saw a little bit of that come out last night because you did not expect a standing ovation. No. And you did not expect that those things that you do as a gesture, like let's say you put your hands over your heart, which basically says, thank you guys. And then it got louder. Oh my gosh. And then it got more people. And you got to the point where I, 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 I lost got, it for a second. You did. You go, I turned around and looked at Nate, yes. and he gave me a look. And we know each other well enough now <laughs> that I know what those looks mean. And I just lost it. I know. And I but in such a good way, because oh. that reconfirmed everything that the audience was wanting to know. Are you having just as much a good time as we are? Uh. And it confirmed it in one gesture. Uh. And then you got your composure. I did. <laughs> and you came back up again. I, I I don't know how I got my composure. <laughs> I'll be honest, because I I'm I don't cry very often, um, but when I do, it usually lasts a long time. <laughs> did you bring out the 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 rose-colored John Lennon glasses to cover up your ugly cry? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So this summer we all started wearing sunglasses because 
uh, at least at outdoor shows, for initially started because of sun. Like, just keep that your, the sun out of your eyes. Oh, but then yeah. I was like, shoot, we did this once, and we had a little bit more of a swagger, and we were like, maybe oh. this is like that stage presence we're looking for. Mm-hmm. And so That's some it. of the boys, they keep wearing their glasses indoors or outside. And I knew that second to last song we played, um, it's not out yet. It's called Get Over You. Okay. It's a it's a vibe and it's a it's a swagger song. And I was like, if I'm not feeling myself up on stage, I'm putting those sunglasses on and I'm gonna find it. Oh. And like that's why I put them on. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Simon and I, like we went on tour with a Canadian artist uh, maybe a month ago, we got back. And during that process, we were talking about like some of my favorite artists that have like alter egos on stage. Oh. Or there's even an artist um, down here. His name's Colin of the Early. He's totally different off stage. And as soon as he steps on stage, he's a crazy person in the best way. So hmm. entertaining. And Simon's like, I think you need an alter ego because I, I do have that stage fright history. Um, that I've worked been working through. But you wouldn't I'm know get, it. Yeah. You so would not know it. And, I, and if and if I sense that. I would not say that to you because I wouldn't want <laughs> to lead you down a path yeah. of falsehood. You yeah. know, and good for you. So we, we found my alter ego on, on tour and she's sticking around, I think. So. Have you named her? Yeah, her name's Lizzie. <laughs> if you want to know not why. Lindsay. Can, no, Lizzie. Not Lindsay. No, Lizzie. Because that's Simon's thing. <laughs> Lindsay oh, is Lindsay. the Kyman thing. L- yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, that's so funny. Um, <laughs> My best friend when I was a kid, her name is Elizabeth Taylor. That's her actual legal name. Wow. I was the shy one. She was the loud one. She would wake up in the morning, put her princess dresses on, and have a parade down the street every day. How old? Five. Oh, okay. Young. Okay, five. good. I think I, I moved when, were, when I was eight or nine. Okay. But she, she was just fabulous. Just did whatever she wanted, never apologized for it. She just had a personality. Did that lead into something for a career? Not that I know of. I haven't talked to her since we moved. Okay. Um, but I was telling Simon about her, and I was like, man, I'm jealous of Liz. Like, she could just walk out of the house in whatever outfit she wanted to wear mm-hmm. and feel fabulous. Mm-hmm. Socks and, don't match. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's like, why don't you try to be Lizzie on stage at tonight's show? And I was like, oh, that's a good idea. And if nothing else, just a little bit. Just or little just bit. one song. And, and so see how it feels. Yeah. And it's been working. I think I've played maybe eight you. or nine shows since then. I'm like, Lizzie can stick around. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different vibe. But we don't talk about Lizzie on stage. <laughs> hey, when you were talking about social media, um, yeah. do you are you aware of your numbers that are sort um, of crazy? A, a little bit. A hundred thousand combined streams, marking in early this oh, year. That God was knows. In like, that was in January. Yeah, God knows what they are now. Yeah. And of course, you're gearing up for another hundred plus date tour. Yeah. Which will that will just be icing on the cake for yeah. all the social media and the streaming and what they filmed last night will just yeah. add to this. It's going to be a snowball. I hope you're prepared. Hope, uh, Caitlin keeps telling me the snowball has started. And I'm like, okay, good. It has. Um, I think it started last winter because I released uh, a Christmas song. And I, we did a music video with it. And it got, I think it's close to like 40,000 views or something like that, which Excellent. was unexpected. So this Tuesday, we're, we're filming live two more Christmas songs that we're going to release for the holidays. And doing oh. the, instead of doing music videos, they're going to be just the live video of oh. the performance okay. so 
I'm like, we're g- we got to ride that holiday train again this year and see what happens. Yeah, take care yeah. of it. Yeah, and then we're going to record an album over the winter. And That's really cool. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, Abby, I really, really appreciate you coming in. Yeah. This has been a great trip to Goshen, Indiana. Yeah, I'm glad you I came. never thought I'd be in Goshen, Indiana for any reason. It's a cool place. It I'm is sort of a cool place. Outside the trains, it's a cool place. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I want to say a public thank you to the Ignition Music Garage. Yeah. If you are ever through Goshen, either during the day, and you need some vinyl, mm-hmm. or you need some band stickers, or, or you just want to go in and roam around. Or it's a record a, player. They it's, sell those too. Yes, they sell those too. Yeah. It's a great place. Thank you also to the Goshen Brewing Company. Yes. Um, this they, is actually a live music venue too. Is it really? Yeah. Wednesday nights, uh, they have live music either in the, in the winter, it's in that beer hall. They have live music. And in yeah. the summer, there's a concert series on Wednesday nights. Very it's mostly nice. original artists, which is great. Wow. Yeah. See, that follows right along with what you're doing. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me. This has been a really a really good way to figure out what happened over the last two weeks yeah. with you and I. Yeah. Because <laughs> I pretty much had no clue. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for driving here and, and doing this here. At like, And I get to spend the afternoon with my family, so this yeah. is nice. You yeah. are more than welcome. Thanks again. We'll see you again on the Storyteller Studio. You're holding back, don't know how to react Could this be the start or just the end? If I don't know what's wrong, how do I make it right? Maybe I'll just pretend that I know what you need Baby, please, you've got me guessing Where we stand i
just too much If I'm just still crushed Then let me down So Thank you for joining us in the Storyteller Studio with Tim Larson and Liz Wilder, where everything begins with the story.